You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning, sir. Oh, good morning. How's it going today? I have a little bit of a story for you. I am ready. Regale me with the tale. It's interesting. It's not as exciting as one might think, but that's life. That's life, you know? (laughs) So yesterday was the, the mowing day. As it, you was. Know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I for you. also was mowing. It was for me. I'm like, you know, it's gone a little over a week and that makes me nervous. I'm like, what's going to happen? It was my first mow of the year. Ooh. So it was only my second because it was getting kind of hairy last time. But uh, things didn't go too smoothly, right? I just had, uh, listen. <laughs> this is not good. It's, it's frustrating. It's a mowing story. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So we had two push mowers. My mom had two push mowers, not using them, right? And now right, I needed one a, so yeah. the new house. So that's great, right? Super, super fine. Not an issue. There's no competition for resources here. Right. So they both need repaired <laughs> as it happens. Naturally. Because it's been so long since they've been used. So the one that was easier to repair, not necessarily the nicer one, but the one that was easier to repair, got repaired first. And so I had that last week and it worked. It was fine. Yeah. This week it was not fine. Oh, no. For no known mystical reason. It just would not <laughs> just start. Normal reason. It's yeah. It's, it's so maybe it's just old, but I like I did everything correctly. Like I primed it, the ripcord thing, the whole thing. Yeah, wouldn't the start. really basic steps w- of a mower. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It, man, did that take me back to like when I was thirteen <laughs> and I could not get it started, and I was so afraid that like my parents would be mad or something like that. Because you it's can't like, start the mower. Yeah, into like, the basement with like, you for a week. <laughs> no food. It's like this is my responsibility, and there's not not only is there not a lot of leeway, I have to do it well. To you know what I mean? There was a high standard for just doing the simple thing well. And when I could not get that started as a child, it was traumatic. <laughs> so I'm really thrown right back there. there. I am laughing and it's just it. embarrassing. You know what I mean? It's like I'm behind my Ooh. house because I'm like, this could not go well. So I take this behind my house to try to start and I can't start it. I've pulled this record like 40 times now. Not all at once, right? I was going to say, I let wow. It, that's I amazing. let it rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. like, maybe it's flooded. I don't know how that really works. I primed it appropriately. I didn't yeah. over prime it. Right. I go inside the house for 20 minutes, come back. I pull it several more times. Not happening. Back in the house. I let it sit an hour this time. My shoulder is killing me. I'm sure it is. I've probably damaged something. This is the it's, Sisyphus oh lawnmower. Yeah. Just... So shoulders, it's on fire. I go out after an hour's pass. Literally on fire. You're reaching at this point probably like 40 whatever cranks. What I don't know what the term is. Obviously, <laughs> I don't know how any of this works. And it won't start, man. So much to the point there, like the side of my finger, I've scraped skin off of it. Oh, of no. stupid pull thing. The thing, the handle. Who invented the handle? It's so poorly designed. I'm sure when it works the first time, it's not poorly designed. But when you have to pull it nearly 40 times, I've, I've scraped it's... skin off my finger. It's still like, it's like a blood bruise or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, that's... Anyway, long story short, the other one was fixed and we got it to the house. It's a nice and the handle folds down and it fit in the Jeep and it was great. And I mowed and it started the first time. That's not (laughs) the story. You think that's the story. The story actually culminates this morning. Oh. When I'm running behind, right? Okay. I'm making my coffee. I'm putting on my my art history rings because I'm a freaking goofball. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, you know, anyway, we don't need to go into that. So I got this one recently. It's a Van Gogh. No one cares. But (laughs) I definitely do. And I, I got it size, like the size is from my middle finger. Yeah. The finger that I have recently devastated trying to start the mower. And what I didn't realize is like it's swollen now. Like even like around oh. the joint. I'm like, oh, that's funny. It's hard to get on. Oh, no. I'll just push through. And I pushed oh, it all the way on no. my finger. I'm like, uh, this doesn't, I don't. This is not good. I don't think this is right. And I looked down. I'm like, actually, it does seem swollen, like compared oh, to my no. other hand. <laughs> and the problem is to get it off now, I have to pull against the direction oh, where, no. where my finger's been skin oh, so no. this morning i was in like in an impromptu saw trap 
as I made my coffee, having to rip this ring off my face. It was, it was so, it was so painful. I, it was the worst thing that happened. But uh, hey, on the flip side, it fits my other finger now because my hand is just so whack. Oh, Ethan. Yeah. I want to play a game. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't grateful for the mower and now I'm paying the price. Oh, yeah. It was rough. That does sound rough. You know, yesterday you mm-hmm. would look at today you yeah. and say, man. Tomorrow's the devil's day. Yeah, it's going to get worse. Because it's, it's about to be bad. You know who else said something like that? Who else said something like that? J.C. Ryle. Wow. Have you heard of him? Probably not. No. <laughs> Most people have not. <laughs> Yet I say his name as if everyone has. <sighs> no, no. He was a, he was a pastor and a, uh, a bishop in the Anglican oh. Church back in the mowed, that was 1800s. Mowing a lot of yards back then. Mowed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mowed a lot of yards. Okay. With his push mower. <laughs> his gas-powered push mower. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was uh, I was reading some J.C. Ryle. Okay. He's an evergreen kind of a guy, you know, wrote in the 1800s, but his writing's still crisp, still good today. That's you know? nice. You know those guys. Yeah, yeah. So I was reading some of him a while back, and in one of his books, he wrote a rather striking line that I thought was worth a discussion and was, as I alluded to, the line actually is, tomorrow is the devil's day. Today is God's. What on earth is he saying? No, right. You're he like, said he what? was evergreen. <laughs> That's so confusing. <laughs> What is he he saying? What does this imply? Yeah, right? It's like, God only gets today and all subsequent days belong (laughs) to Satan. It's like, yeah, like if he's like the small, you know, I I love how we we always emphasize small small G God God of this world world. because we just assume that no one remembers this. That's right. Yeah, like, oh, wait, (laughs) don't. He might have become the big G God of this world. (laughs) If you forgot, that's blasphemy. Yeah, Yeah. that's the only thing I think of. Yeah. But no, that's okay. not. And he's also, you know, I mean, I guess you could take that and say there are certain spaces of time that belong to the devil and others belong to God, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, there's a. Uh, but, huh. uh, you know, like they're sharing custody over a child named time, right? <laughs> like, ah, we're split. it's the custody battle over time. Like, oh, like man. Michael and Satan fighting over the yeah. body of Moses. Like, it's mine. No, exactly. it's mine. The Lord Ooh. rebuke you. Yeah. you. Anyway, ah, again, not quite. That's not it. Let's just wipe away the mystery. Okay. Unlike what you can do in the book of Jude. <laughs> Now, this little maxim that Ryle wrote is communicating really something quite simple, yet I think rarely applied, at least in my own experience, I'd say that. Mm -hmm. And that is namely that we must not put off anything that God requires of us. Okay. That did not occur to me. Yeah, you know. That interpretation did not occur to me. The thought, perhaps, occurred to me in a moment of guilt. But (laughs) um, this is interesting. Okay. Guilt! Uh, yeah, I mean, it would probably help to have the, you know, the whole context surrounding what he wrote that. But, you know, how much time does one have in a 20-minute exactly. podcast? So that's what he's getting at there. And this whole thing is really sort of riff on passages like uh, Proverbs 3.28. So this is a biblical idea. So you have Solomon saying, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. So like, in other words, if you have, say, like a payment you owe your neighbor mm. and it's with you and he comes like, hey, can I have that? Don't say, well, tomorrow we'll give it to you. Like, you have it with you. Give it to him sure. today. And likewise, so many times God asks us to do something through his word, be that to you know, offer him a sacrifice of praise or mm. to give him our rent and uh, penitent heart or to give him our sins and confession, you know, whatever it may be. And what we say is, you know, ah, not right now, later. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll right. do that thing, right? Or something similar. I'm not in church right now. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the church yeah, thing that's we it. do. And uh, in other words, we're great spiritual procrastinators. <laughs> 
Right, sure, and sure. That's, that's the point that Raya was making with this pithy, memorable, if I could put it that way, statement. Tomorrow is the devil's day because so long as you put off obedience till tomorrow, you're not doing God's will. Mm. That makes sense. So, whereas on the other hand, those who see the truth with open eyes understand that in the words of Paul, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In other words, now is the time to obey. Now is the time to give yourself to God. Yeah, that is interesting. And the phrase is like a nice package for the idea as well. It's like, it's snappy. It's yep. memorable. It's not immediately clear, but <laughs> once you have it worked out, I think like it's not so hard to hold in your mind as you say it. Uh, right, right. A little weighted more on the clever side as opposed to the clear, but you know, yeah, you can you can work it out. Yeah, you can figure it, it works. Out. Yeah. So I think once you've worked it out, the observation itself is straightforward enough. But my question, reading that, was why are we so good at procrastinating on these things? You know, why do we take the Squidward Tentacles approach to the Christian life? And so my SpongeBob fans, you know, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow, right? Why do we, why do we want to pray like Augustine once prayed when he said, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. <laughs> so I honest. That. Yeah, I know, right? Like, come on, man. So I thought it might be helpful to outline just a few potential answers to that question, mm. at, at least as I was thinking through that in my own life, uh, so that we can start getting at the root of the issue and then go from there and hopefully, you know, make today God's day and uh-huh. put off making tomorrow the devil's day. Tomorrow, the devil can have tomorrow, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, so anyway, but part of the answer to this question depends, of course, on what area of obedience specifically we're talking about. Mm. So bearing that in mind, here we go with a few thoughts for consideration. The first reason we might put off obedience is that we actually don't really want to obey God. Oh, you don't say. That, that might actually be possible <laughs> because at the end of the day, ultimately, we all do what we actually want to do, right? Like, that's what we do. And that may not actually seem so self-explanatory or self-evident. So mm. let me try to explain what all I right. mean by that. At least as so far as it's within the realm of reasonable possibility, we all do what we want to do. And the great philosopher theologian Jonathan Edwards demonstrated this point very amply. Suppose you say you want to get healthier. Hmm. You want to start going to the gym, start working out in order to get healthier, right? But instead... You plop down on the couch and you stream Netflix during the only free hour that you have for gym time, right? Got it, got it. Now, there is a certain sense in which you might truly desire to do both. Sure. Like your, your heart is torn between two genuine desires. I want to watch Netflix. I want to go to the gym. I want to get healthier, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But in the moment you actually choose to sit down and throw on the blacklist, mm. which one do you really want most in that moment that you're actually choosing? Yeah. I mean, you've, you've yeah. followed your priorities. Yeah, right? Exactly. Here's the thing. If that's your plight, let me exhort you. Oh? Do both. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Watch Netflix on the treadmill (laughs) or, you know, the Peloton (laughs) or whatever you have because uh, it's the only way to do it, really. You will literally time travel through your workout if you've got something like that going on. Because it's boring. It's boring. It's not fun. People say, like, oh, it's the endorphins. You've got your endorphins mixed up. You know what I mean? You're you're held yeah, captive you, by your own framework. Stockholm syndrome Stockholm, of, yes. in, of workout endorphins. Exactly. Oh, that's so, awesome. You know what? Well, make, you've, it, make it bearable. You you've, know? you've short-circuited my, well, no, my I mean, example, this, Ethan. Listen. <laughs> I, it still requires you to not sit on the couch, which is infinitely more comfortable. Uh, no. That's true. That's true. Actually, I like, I like that, that point that you make. But uh, but yeah, no. So like you're going to do what you really want to do most. Sure. That's in your power to do in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because 
here's, I think, the plain fact, if you think about it. If you really actually wanted to go to the gym, mm. that's what you would do, mm-hmm. right? If, it, if you yeah. wanted to do that more exactly. than sit down and watch, that's what you would do. Yeah. And that's the point that Edwards makes. Mm-hmm. And he does go a million <laughs> layers deep with this. I mean, his book on the freedom of the will is, it's intense. Yeah. It's super intense. But I mean, if you even think about it briefly, you know, just take it a step further. Suppose that you're thinking about how hard it is to do a good workout mm. and all the inconveniences associated with actually getting into gym clothes and driving to the gym. Exactly. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. There's nothing, right? Yeah. And so you say something like, ah, this this sucks. I really don't want to work out, but I should, so I'm going to. Yeah. Okay? Well, even though you're saying, I don't want to, actually, you really do want to work out if by want, using the word want, we mean that our desire to actually exercise overpowers our desire to sit down and stream Netflix for the Mm, evening. Yeah. Because that's actually how desires work. Yeah. So when it comes down to decisions like that, we do what we really want to do. And therefore, if we say, for example, we want to build up our prayer habit, but we never set aside time to get on our knees and pray, we might want to ask ourselves whether or not we really want to pray, right? Like, uh, and then, of course, ask God to give us the desire to obey him and pray. And that, of course, is all dependent on our actually wanting to submit ourselves to God in all things. You know, uh-huh. you, just, you just keep going down the list, yeah. right? So that's the first possibility is like, do we really want what we say we want? The second reason we might put off obedience is that we're overestimating how difficult it might be. Oh, okay. Right? I don't. I feel like that's not an angle that's often discussed. We overestimate how difficult it could be. So I think this is most often the case with the spiritual disciplines, you know, such as Bible reading, fasting, things like that. Mm. You know, like we think that opening our Bibles and reading them perhaps would be the equivalent of gearing up to climb Mount Everest or something. Right? <laughs> you know, like something basically impossible. Right. You're going to die, likely, you know? Yes, you are. When in reality, it really, it's Basically as simple as opening your Bible or your Bible app, you know, whichever you prefer. (laughs) Right. And then you guessed it. Reading it. Wow. Right? Amazing. Yeah. Now, I I do want to be fair because we've talked about, you know, a lot of like Bible interpretation questions and passages in the podcast. There's a lot more to Bible reading than just reading. Sure. But don't get yourself psyched out before you actually do it because none of that stuff matters if you don't actually open your Bible to read it in the first place. (laughs) Exactly. Right? So don't overestimate the difficulty and get yourself bent out of shape and let that prevent you from obeying God. Yeah. And I think like any of these pursuits, they require a first step. Yes, exactly. Sure, like you said, it doesn't just instantly click into place because, you know, you fancy the idea and try it once. That's Um, right. But it never comes to pass if you don't try it once. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, you have to you cultivate that kind of lofty, distant discipline that seems so hard by taking those first steps. You have to practice it. Yes, exactly. And things that would have been you want to put the term strongly, things that would have been impossible, mm. you know, when you first started, you eventually work your way up to being able to do Is it, yeah, exactly. those difficult things over slowly over time. So yeah, don't don't overestimate how difficult some things may be. Don't get yeah. yourself psyched out about that because then you'll just keep putting it off. You'll yeah. be like, well, when I'm ready for it. Well, if you do that, you'll never be exactly. ready for it. <laughs> you know, kind of like biblically speaking, it's a, not a perfect one-to-one analogy, but like when Peter went out onto the water mm. to walk to Christ, the walking was the same right? Which is get out of the boat and walk. Like there's nothing super complicated about that. Naturally, the circumstances around him were wild and different. And that's what eventually ended up throwing him. Because actually, as long as he was looking at Jesus and walking, it was just as simple as that. Yeah. It was when he lost sight of that and 
started looking at everything else, things got crazy. And I think that's how people approach this issue. It's like, it's now really like, you can you can do it. It's just, <laughs> you're getting distracted by everything else. It's right. like, you know, that stuff is, don't worry about that right now. You know, worry, mm. worry about that later. So there's that. The third reason, third possibility we might put off obedience is that on the flip side, we are underestimating. Ooh, that's a curveball. Yeah, how this difficult. Doesn't sound as pleasant. No, 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 it's not. Because I think this is most often the case when we're talking about something like repentance from sin. Oh, okay. That's sort of a thing. So, for example, we think, ah, just one more indulgence Ooh, no, of whatever no. pet sin it is. Oh, you know, whether that's looking at things we shouldn't look at, whether that's road raging, whether that's speaking in ways we shouldn't speak, whatever it is. One more drink, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, we think, just one more, and then tomorrow I'm done for y'all. I'll no. swear it off. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no. It, like, if you can't resist the temptation right now, at this moment, yeah. what makes you think that coolly putting it off till tomorrow is going to work? Do you think you're suddenly going to have more willpower tomorrow? More, <laughs> more, you know? Right. And how many, and typically, not always, but typically, you've done that before. Oh, Like, yeah. I can say it from my own experience, like, oh, you've tried that. You've said tomorrow, like, 198 times. Yeah, sure. Like, it doesn't work. So decide to fight right now and you may you may still fail and fall at that moment sure okay because the, the moment you're having you're deciding to fight at the moment of temptation is typically you're a little too late yeah it's like oof that's rough but the point is to fight and to say or rather not to say well tomorrow like <laughs> sure. no 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 at the point you you have definitely given up and lost at the point you say that yeah and also here's the other thing about that that if if i happen to hear people talk like that which is i don't think typically people just come out and say that to you like or to other christians like i don't think most people in a pastoral situation hear that. But I think we say it to ourselves, maybe to a loved one. And part of what scares me of that kind of thinking, especially, is that it assumes that like repentance is this automatic, easy thing. <laughs> like, oh, I can just repent whenever I want. Well, obviously not, because you're not doing it right now. Like, if that was the case, you could just give this up. You know it's wrong. Like, you obviously know it's wrong in the moment. So yeah, it's a good you're point. assuming a lot about repentance that's... Yeah. You're underestimating how difficult this actually is. And, I mean, consider what Paul says in a passage like 2 Timothy 2, 25-26. He says to Timothy, go God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. There are a lot of factors <laughs> in that verse that are like, don't like just assume yeah. repentance is a given. You're dealing with Satan, possible bondage to do his will, the kindness and patience credit. of God. Yeah, you're yeah. giving yourself way too much credit. So... Here's the thing, like, if you are in a spot where you can even think about this, like, I need to repent of this sin, I need to confess it, turn from it, that itself is already a gift that you yeah. need to thank God for, and you need to take advantage of that. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, don't underestimate the ease of such work. And that only ever leads to laxness, and you're just in hot water when you do that. So, in a word, sum all this up. Maybe one of those three reasons strikes a chord with you. Maybe yeah. there's some other possibility we haven't touched on. <laughs> Maybe it's all three reasons. Maybe it's all three all at once. That's probably way more likely. If there's an area in your life where you keep telling God tomorrow or not right now or some spin on that, stop. Please. Yeah, please stop. This is this is also for me, okay? Like, stop it. Don't say that today. Today, right now, when you turn this podcast off, whatever it is, in the words of Shia LaBeouf. Mm, the saint. Just do it. Yeah. Just a, do it, man. a deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> man. So like, if you need to call someone, like, literally pull your phone out of the, the car phone holder thing on your, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. air conditioning vent and <laughs> yes. call someone and say, hey, I need you to help me with this thing. Whatever yeah. it, whatever you need to do, do it. I, that's I, that's what I'm saying to you. Do it. That's a good word. That's what J.C. Ryle was saying. That's what God in his word Nike, over and over again. That's what Nike would say. <laughs> that's you know what Nike what would say. Everyone is saying it. We're all telling you this. Everyone is. From me and to, Shire, to, yes. to Nike themselves. Everybody. So, 
Anyway, there you go. If you needed that, boom. We all need it. We That's all do. True. Honestly, we do. I'll, we'll, I'll be proof listening to this. Is that <laughs> what we should call that? Proof listening to this? And I'll think, wow, I need, I need to do that. Mm. So anyway, yeah. There's some J.C. Rao for you. So thank you as always for listening. Hopefully you don't feel too... What would be the word? Mm, convicted, condemned. Convicted, condemned. Yeah, no, no condemnation. Just a little, a little spur. A yeah, little, 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 little more spiritual caffeine in your, <laughs> in your diet, as it were. So, thank you for listening. And if you did find this helpful at all, you can share it with your friends. Mm. You know, leave us an honest five star review on the Apple Podcast platform. And uh, if you have any questions on this or any other topic, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. So, thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.